Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 139. I am Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Toll Andy. Oh, what? <laughs> Is 139 a toll road? I don't know, but a I don't toll. even know if he heard like, you what? say his name. Did you hear him say your well, name? Well, I heard toll, and I'm like, what does that mean? I think he's toll. messed him up because it's toll road, off-road Andy, toll road. I don't know. We'd need to workshop this. I don't toll know. Andy. I don't know. Oh, and we have Tony Katz here. Yes, here I am. Uh, thank you for uh, tuning in. Hit that subscribe button. Share with a friend. You can find us everywhere, uh, obviously, where you're, you're listening. This is our sports pod. Let's uh, jump right on in. Let's get into NFL. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what's fresh right now. We're uh, recording on a Monday. Uh, right now, the Lions are actually surprisingly uh, beating the Packers right now on Monday Night Football. Yeah, actually, last I saw it was 13-7, to 7, Yep, and now it is... Currently thirteen to seven still, so uh, that'll be a good game. That'll yeah, uh, it's shaping out to be a good game. I think Detroit is so far from what I've seen. It's like people I still I feel like just want to think they're bad, and right now they just haven't been. Well, they really were. I mean, they weren't that bad last year, but before that, they had a stretch of being like solid. The problem is they never they're never like elite. They don't ever take the jump and become like a twelve win team. Yeah. Um. So I think I think they're fine. I think they're they're competitive. Yeah. I mean they their only loss this year was to Kansas City, which you know is Kansas City. It's it was a hard fought game too. They actually beat themselves that game. They fumbled a couple times at literally the one yard line, and then they tied Arizona to start the year. But you know other than that, they've played well. Yeah, and that division looks like there's four teams that can actually compete. In the well, especially because Detroit's actually up there. Because honestly, right now, I mean, you got the Bears that are, I believe, in last. I think the Bears are two and three. Uh, no, I think they're still three and two. No, I don't think so because they've lost to the Raiders. They lost uh, to the Packers week one. To the Packers week one, I think they lost to the Vikings. No, they like I said, I think the they beat the Vikings. Yeah, it was a pathetic game by. The Vikings. So maybe they are. Th- oh, they lost to. Uh, yeah, never mind then. Yeah, <laughs> I don't maybe know. three and two. I don't know. It doesn't matter. You can look it up yourself. Yes. Uh, but uh, what we really wanted to uh, discuss today uh, is the state of football in Los Angeles, our uh, our home region here. So, I mean, first, I just want to get into the games that happened this week. So, the Chargers played what was a home game <laughs> in Carson, California, against uh, a team from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, all the way across. <laughs> The country, and uh, you know, as everyone saw, because it was a national TV game, um, probably about eighty <laughs> percent. I think people were being unfair. That it's, it's all Steelers fans. I think it's like when you get enough of them, yeah, it's hard to drown out. But if you actually look closely, you'd see some powder blues out there. Yeah, I, uh, I've been, I, you know, it's no secret. Anyone that knows us or has listened to the show loyally knows that Andy's a big Chargers fan, and I'm a big Steelers fan. But the way, at least the Steelers, if the Steelers were actually good, or at least had started off good this year, I probably would have been more into that game and talking shit, but it's like it was a one and four team that went out there and I just I don't know. It's they play it just reminds me right now of just kind of old Steeler football that we haven't seen in a while where it's actually it's a respectable defense and then it's a quarterback that can't throw the ball downfield. So he only throws little passes and then they hand off. But uh really quickly before uh you get more into it, the one thing I will say is I'm happy the Steelers finally started getting Benny Snell involved. I've been waiting for him to get his moment. He came out at a good second half after Connor got banged up a little bit. So it's good to see. I mean, as a Steeler fan, I'm optimistic more for the future. I, they got a lot of their good defensive guys or young players. 
Snell's young, Connor's still young, Schuster's very young still, even though he's been in the league for a while because he came into the league at like 18 or 19. So, you know, the only thing that's going to hurt them is that quarterback situation, but maybe, uh, who knows? We'll see. You never know who can come and go, who gets drafted. Roethlisberger's still looming in there, supposedly for another couple of years, but who really knows with him? Yeah, I think uh, before the season I had them winning the division because I believed in in that defense, and... I think it took them a couple weeks, but they really showed up, forced a lot of turnovers. Yeah, they've uh, two of their last three weeks have been good. They looked good last night, you know, until it started getting to the point where it got later, and then just, you know, things always get a little screwy. But they looked good for the most part last night. They looked really good against, uh, who was it on that Monday night? The Bengals on that Monday night game. And then against the Ravens, it didn't look too bad, but... It's just a more talented it, offense. It wasn't good, so. yeah. Um, yeah, so the Chargers went down... 24 nothing to start the game um you know after going down i think 17 nothing last week at home and it's just they're uh it, they're a troubled team right now and i don't know if people watching on on tv last night really knew the extent of it that their offensive line when healthy is very bad and their two top offensive linemen may never play football again and it's just like that's really hard to recover from when it's like you're already a bottom five offensive line Mm. Um, you see it in the run game. They weren't able to get anything. Yeah, I mean, even though obviously I'm a Steelers fan, I'm cheering for them last night. I'm also a big fantasy football fan. And I was so I was still cheering for Melvin Gordon. And it's just a bummer right now. It's tough for me to watch. I mean, it sucks. It's been two weeks now, and he just hasn't done well. And it's, you know, I mean, I, I'm still trying to give it the hope that it's because he's maybe a little rusty. You know, he's coming back in, so I'm hoping things change. But I don't know. they got to start changing in the next couple of weeks. It's not going to be as bad as it's been because these are two good yeah, defenses to, that they played the last two weeks. Yeah, who they even play last week? It was Denver. Who Denver. Yeah, so shutting out Tennessee. Two teams that historically over the last decade have been known for their rush defense. So. Yeah. So, uh, but it doesn't make it any easier that uh, to say like, oh, they played a good defense. The Chargers, their offensive line is such a weak point, and uh, it's hard because they actually they they got Hunter Henry back, who looked really good. They they really missed him over the weeks he was out. Because they've just had, aside from Keenan Allen, they've struggled to find the second like target there. Mike Williams is hobbled, and if you watch the end, where Rivers threw like two like I don't know midfield Hail Marys, what you want to call those, mm-hmm. just like prayers to Mike Williams, hoping like oh he'll come down with it. He couldn't run. Yeah, and it was like he's out there only because everyone else is hurt or worthless, like Travis Benjamin. Um, yeah, was Travis Benjamin the one where he threw a ball and it kind of looked like he didn't really try for yeah. it? Which is every time they throw a ball to him. <laughs> I, I think literally he has more drops and catches this season. They, uh, we, I was watching that with a couple buddies, and one of the guys was like, dude, I think you could have had that, or at least like come close. And then even uh, Chris Collinsworth had said something like <sighs> almost immediately after that, wow, he didn't even – it almost looked like he didn't really make an effort. So I don't know if he didn't like got confused of where it was or how close it was, but it uh, goes with maybe being a bad wide receiver, like the route and stuff. Like Rivers knows where that ball's supposed to go and threw it. You know, and to make sure that his guy would be the only guy to catch it, and he did not look like he really tried. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I don't know. You get the, when you get injuries that start to pile up, especially. I mean, right now they're without two Pro Bowl guys on the defense. It's like that's what that's what's so hard about the NFL is that it's just it's so much more common to see multiple guys go down like this. Like you see injuries in other sports, but it's just not to the extent where it can completely wreck a season like this or. I mean, it does happen from time to time. You say, like, Durant missed almost a full year, I remember, with uh, um, Oklahoma City, I think, like, 2014. 
and he's probably going to miss this full year with the Nets. And it's like, well, that, that takes him from being a championship team to not a championship team. But in football, just injuries pile up because it's just it's a dangerous game. It's yeah, it's a uh, sometimes hard to watch. Uh, but that's why I wanted to talk more about the uh, the state of football in LA. I think everyone was saw how bad it was with the the opposing team taking over the stadium and questioning why why do the Chargers even move to LA? No one likes them here. Um, it's really hard for me because I have to constantly be told that I don't exist. Huh. Like I understand people are saying like in great numbers, but it's like there are no Chargers fans in California. Why do they even? It's like no, I'm I'm real. I'm here. I know other people. There are clearly people that go to their games. Go watch their next home game. It won't look as bad. Yeah, the thing is like what people have to realize too, and like this will you know defend you a little bit is Steeler fans. It doesn't matter where they are. They have always been known to travel well. Like they, they are just a team that their fans like, I mean, go to a lot of the Steeler games, they travel well. And that's just always been known as long as I've been a Steeler fan, which has been since I was like 13, it's always, I've always heard that, that like, Oh, Steeler fans travel. Well, you see those towels wherever they go. Then you throw them into a stadium. How much does the Chargers stadium even fit right now? It's only 30,000. And that like, what's the average NFL stadium fitting? Like 70, 60, 70, yeah, over 50. Yeah. So you add the fact that, it only fits 30,000 people and Steeler fans travel so well, it's it's going to look overwhelming when that's the case. So, I mean, and it's not just that they travel well, it's that they're everywhere. And that, yeah. well, that's what I'm saying. They, on top of the fact that they're one of those teams, Steelers, Packers, Cowboys, uh, Patriots now, it's like you could go, it doesn't matter what state you're in, you're going to see stickers on cars of those teams or you're going to see flags or whatever. Yeah, so. there's plenty of people who have no connection to, you know, any yeah. steel workers and. Pittsburgh or anything like that, and they're just a, a popular team. Yeah. Um, but I don't like that. Why? Why do people care so much? That's what I know. It's not real. I know the NFL is not going to. The NFL is not going to force the owners to sell the team and move them somewhere because when they have done that with you know disastrous franchises like the Browns, Jets, Redskins, all this stuff, they, they're not going to intervene that way. Um, but why? Why do you care so much? Like. It doesn't affect. It doesn't affect you. Why do you want my team to to move? Um, yeah. So when you guys say that shit on the internet, I realize like there are people who don't want them to move. Um, why is it that like, you know, just you're just like cool with that? It's like you, you will feel you feel bad for the fans of St. Louis, but like you want the Chargers to lose. You want the, the people who still care to lose their team because yeah. the reality is that the Chargers were the only team in Southern California for. Where are people years. wanting them to go? I just say, oh, go to St. Louis, go to Vancouver, or whatever, and it's like San Antonio, and it's like. No. And who'd you say is telling them to leave? Like just, just in randoms and just you know. random fans. Yeah, I mean, you just go go on Twitter and search Chargers or something, you know. <laughs> and I'm not saying this is the best people around saying this shit, but it, yeah. it, they're out there. Um, and it's like, why do you care? Like, just watch it. Like, if if they're that much of a joke, then your team will always beat them, right? Yeah, Unless last year when they have talent and they actually can beat other teams. I think that's more. Yeah, that's people right now probably too that say that that like go to maybe they went to their stadium and they're like, where the fuck is am I like something like Carson or something? But then also it's like, I don't know. I mean, they've always, I guess, kind of even even when they were in California, have always been like the little brother type team, yeah. I feel like, because they were they had some rough years. And then obviously the Niners and Raiders are these popular teams that have all had it's pretty good years lately i guess you could say well, I mean, the like, last two decades not i mean i shouldn't say lately but i mean like just historically yeah. more so but yeah i mean i don't think chargers are going anywhere that stadium's getting built 
Chargers yeah. and Rams are going to share like, well, it together. The Rams will kick them out. I was like, no, they won't. Like, they, they were forced are to accept people, them. Those are people that don't realize that there's tons of teams out there that share stadiums. I mean, Staples Center has the Lakers, Clippers, the Sparks, yeah, and the LA Kings. Well, the Kings are actually are the owners. Of yeah, it. and they, the LA Kings let everyone in. They're like, come on, just like their goalie lets everything in. They're like, come on, just. <laughs> Jonathan Quick is, side note, he is not off to a good start. But to answer the question, like people have, why did the Chargers even move to L.A.? Um, I think people don't realize, and I think some San Diego people kind of get like upset about it, but San Diego can't stand on its own, that it doesn't have... It, it's, a, it's a big enough city, but it doesn't have this huge sprawl because one county north of it is Orange County, and now you're already into L.A. territory. Uh, to the east is, is nothing. To the west is a fucking ocean, and to the south is a different country. So th- it's not like you know Denver has fans in Montana. The Mexico City Chargers. <laughs> Maybe they should try to like. Do you want the Chargers? We're gonna be the team of Mexico, but uh, I would love if they were, and you just wore a little mustache around and hat. <laughs> where they only play on Taco Tuesdays. Yeah. So most cities that have sports teams, you know, you go way out three hours any direction, and that's still gonna be the team. If you're yeah. playing the Broncos, I think might have the biggest fan base in like landmass and that like if you're oh, in yeah. montana you're a broncos fan if you're in new mexico you're a broncos fan if you're in i don't know nevada or something it's like it's the chargers don't have that and yeah once once the raiders and rams left they started to kind of creep up and i, I will and they, I, got, and they got people like I'm me actually, in orange county i'm actually glad you brought that up because i and this is probably like sophomore-ish year for me in high school i would say and I feel like that was around the time because it was like, yeah, they're the only team in L.A. No one's really paying attention to them. But now all of a sudden, oh, there's this guy named LaDainian Tomlinson that runs for 130 yards every game and scores three touchdowns. And then I feel like also it's like they started being good. And then obviously not you. I know you've been a fan a long time. No, Just, I didn't become a fan until they got Tomlinson. So I wasn't oh, well, I was like not a I fan said, of them in the 90s. I didn't watch football. I don't so. know anything about you then. That's what, I'm like saying I'm, said. that that was me. Like I. Okay. By the time I started watching football, they were the only team in and see, town. And so around the time you became a Charger fan was around the time I became a Steeler fan. I believe I became a Steeler fan in 2005. And with me, it was more so like I would watch games. But I remember like as a kid, it was like 97 or something. I was And I remember liking the Jaguars at first. They were the first team I ever liked because I liked their helmet. Cool cat. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, that they're cool. And then it was one of those things where as a kid that I remember like 2001, I was like, oh, you know what? I like the Buccaneers logo. <laughs> Keyshawn Johnson's a pretty cool guy. Like, yeah, a cool it. team. It was when they had uh, that mean defense and stuff. Yeah. And then finally, when I Booger started making decisions on my own, like 2005, <laughs> 2000, I finally started watching the Steeler game, and I was like, you know what? I actually really like this team, and uh, that's who I've been a fan of ever yeah. since. Even though there's been some, I really like this Plaxico Burris guy. He's so responsible. <laughs> oh yeah, that was about the time. I remember when I first became a fan. It was still Cordell Stewart, Bettis, Plaxico Burris, and then. There was the Tommy Maddox time where my only yeah. memory of Tommy Maddox, you really want to know what it was, was against a bad Jaguars team in overtime in the regular season. He threw a pick six in overtime. And I was like, you motherfucker. But then Big Ben came and yeah. it was fun. But um, yeah, I mean, Chargers yeah. not going to go anywhere. And they could still turn the season around, obviously. It's still very early. And the Chiefs have lost two in a row. So that's kind of what's the bummer right now for the Chargers. They played Steelers, Denver. Yeah, they were. They're decent teams, but they're those are two games Steelers. I mean, uh, Chargers should have probably won. And if you look back at that, and though they did, then they'd be four and two. So what's going to come down to is they're just going to have to win some key divisional games. They haven't played the Chiefs yet, I don't think, right? So those will be some key games, and then 
Have they played the Raiders yet? Even no. So so here's the thing: they've only played one division game. Yeah, they lost it, yeah. but just the way they they've looked, it's like who are they actually going to beat? Like, I mean, yeah, are they going to play right, Washington right now? Yeah, but um, things can but change. Yeah, what I was saying about how they started to creep up and get some other fans outside of San Diego. Uh, then the Rams decided we're moving, and it kind of is like you know how uh, there's a Starbucks in your neighborhood, and then they put another one two blocks away. Oh yeah. How do you think that one Starbucks feels? They're gonna lose some customers, right? Yeah. So if you're like, if you make money off that Starbucks, you'd be a little pissed, and you're like, well, now I'm gonna just move my Starbucks next to your Starbucks, Ooh. and we'll see who the customers like better. And that's a that's what ended up happening. The Chargers like, you forced our hand. We have to. We're gonna move to LA too. Fuck you. And uh, right now, it doesn't look like it's working out for uh, either team because uh, the other LA team, the Rams, they lost their third straight. Uh, they got embarrassed at home. Yeah, well, at least they lost to an undefeated team, though. Yeah. I mean, you look at the Rams' last two games, at least. Those have been tough games. I mean, they're divisional games, too. But So those are big games. But, I mean, it's not like they've been at least losing in their defense to flukes, but they haven't looked good doing it. And if you can't compete with the top teams, it's like, who cares if you can beat up on the Dolphins and Redskins and all those little cupcake teams. But if you – I mean, they had a, they should have – I mean, they got – embarrassed at home against Tampa Bay when Winston looked like he was Joe Namath. And then, yeah. and since then he's thrown like nine interceptions. Oh yeah. And then, uh, you know, at, on the road at Seattle should have won. They had the opportunity, missed a game winning field goal from like 40 yards out. And then, uh, you know, at home to an undefeated Niner team that, uh, my, uh, as of right now, as far as I know, has the, like, well, I guess the Patriots, but on, like, if you looked at more deeper stats, I would probably agree, argue that the Niners have the better defense because of who they've played compared to the Patriots. I don't know. The NFL, like, wanted the Patriots to just go, like, 100-0 this year. Yeah, I mean, I didn't... That schedule has been incredible. For a team that's so good, a team that everybody loves to watch around here, loves to either... You love to either watch them or watch them lose. And they've just been given this ridiculous schedule. It's almost like they want... Oh, here, Brady, we'll give you a schedule where you're not going to get touched at all so you can live to play till you're 62. It was random. Is I mean, it just it how random is it? It wasn't a conspiracy or anything, but uh, I know I'm not saying it yeah, is, but I'm saying it's just they'll very, start to win the playoffs. very convenient. And they will because that's how the NFL works. It's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, but with the Rams, I think uh, we saw some of the same problems that the Chargers faced. Uh, the 49ers, a very popular team, uh, had a ton of fans there. And uh, I do remember before the Rams moved to LA, I read some article about what are actually what teams are actually popular in LA because everyone has their own ideas of it. Um, and it was the number one team, I think, was still the Raiders. I'm not sure though. It was Raiders and Cowboys top two? I think that makes sense to right. You would think that sounds right. Yeah. Uh, number three was the Niners. I think it's strange because. You know, Southern California and Northern California usually has this rivalry. But again, as when the, the Southern California teams left, the Raiders or not the the Niners were coming off one of the greatest you know stretches of dominance ever with a bunch of different Super Bowls. Steve Young won an MVP in a Super Bowl. They they destroyed the Chargers in that one Super Bowl, um, and then they were still even good for another. Five ten years and Jeff Garcia and To and stuff and it was yeah they were they're a premier team and in you may not see it as much down here anymore but there are still fans that even though their team wasn't as good uh, I don't I don't remember a big resurgence with Kaepernick but there might have been you know when they had those good good couple of years with Harbaugh and, um, yeah 
but yeah, they're they're still a very big deal, and uh, they showed up at the Coliseums last <clears> week. <throat> so that's just yeah, that's did. just the truth for uh, any any team, and that's any team in LA. That's the Red Sox fans at the World Series last year, or uh, I'm sure if you go to a LA Kings game. You're gonna see Boston Bruins fans, Chicago Blackhawks fans, Red Wings fans. Oh yeah, any like, of those I, like old time teams. I went to the, I, I went to the Ducks game when they were good. Like, uh, like uh, this must have been four years ago, five years ago, when they were in the Western Conference Finals, Game Seven against the Blackhawks, and that stadium was definitely like sixty forty at least Chicago fans, maybe even like seventy thirty. But and they, I mean, and those fans, I will say, I. Just, I know a lot of my close friends out there that are big uh, Ducks fans hate the Kings. They hate the Sharks. I hate the Blackhawk fans. They, uh, I remember my buddy got to a point where when the Ducks did score a goal, he leaned back purposely to swing his towel in like the face of one of the guys behind us, and he like shoved him and stuff, and it was it was pretty funny. But speaking of towels, I did say I had to uh, get on your uh, your team a bit, oh, yeah. your fan base. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to remind them all that uh, just because you like a team that's won Super Bowls doesn't make you better than me. Sorry, I have to say it, <laughs> but uh, you know, I was a little little shocked, like how how much people get into their team, how much it matters to them. Like I, I you know, I love watching sports, I love watching your team, but like because Troy Palomo, who played for your favorite team, doesn't make you a badass. He might be a badass and a super tough guy, great leader, and all that stuff. Just because you like him doesn't make you all those things. So it's like you got to remember that Chargers may be piece of shit right now but doesn't make me a piece of shit so i want to tell your fans to tone it down get them and and the fucking towels no just towels, get rid of it. Just get towels rid of it. aren't it's, going anywhere it's dangerous someone's gonna lose an eye nah, it's shouldn't have been standing I think there we've, we've we've all had enough as on behalf of the rest of the nfl nope every team's got their thing or not not their thing but some teams adapt the thing all right how about oh. the chargers just have fucking machetes then that's our thing well See if that us to do some damage. You only need ten percent of a population to have machetes to do some damage. Well, see if they want to get machetes, then I guess. Yeah. Now those aren't going anywhere. Just like the rally monkey's not going anywhere. Just like I mean, the rally monkey will never go to the playoffs again. That's what it seems like. So. Yeah. No shit. But they tried to. Uh, they, what they are going to ban here soon enough is the tomahawk in Atlanta. <laughs> they well, banned them from being able to use it in the game against. Uh, against uh, the game five against Cardinals and they were down 10-0 in the first and I was hearing things that were like it's because they didn't allow the tomahawk yeah that was a uh, strange controversy where it's like yeah it's like it is offensive like they should oh yeah but what's so funny about all that stuff like the the tomahawk and then the whole Redskins name and stuff is it's like those have all been around so long that just recently people are starting to be like you know what actually Jim wait a minute here (laughs) That is a little uh Yeah, I mean the yeah, the brave thing our Native other American have, friends. Yeah, other teams have done that. And it is like I mean, I guess keep you can keep the song part of it. I like the song's nice, but like the the idea of like, oh yeah, it's you know, about killing people and violence, it's like, ah, eh, it's maybe not the best idea. Yeah. All right, let's move on to some like happy football talk, I guess. Some positive stuff. The Houston Texans went on the road and beat the Chiefs. They look really good. I think the Chiefs are still fine, but they've got to figure some things out. They're maybe not as good as people were ready to, you know. They still have defensive problems, clearly. Oh, yeah. they're. Um, uh, but they just need to get let the team get healthy again. Tyreek Hill came back. 
Um, I don't think he beat any kids while he was out on injury. That's <laughs> okay. Positive. So I actually made a pretty good joke in my group chat. This I don't know it could offend people. I don't know, but we'll say it anyway. I think the people that listen to this have a good sense of humor. Yeah. But there was definitely a play on that Tyreek scored. It was a second touchdown, and you could hear Mahomes yelling at the line. They definitely have a play called Helen Keller, <laughs> and like that's what I heard. I'm pretty sure, and it ended up going to a touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill. That says no look pass, and I. <laughs> I thought to myself, "Oh, Andy, that's really funny because Tyreek Hill would have had a field day with Helen Keller because she's blind. He would have just been able to hit the shit out of her all day long." <laughs> I think Helen Keller is fair game for like any anywhere you go with it, you know, because like you're already the premise is already absurd. Yeah, like I know she's real. I'm just saying it's like I think it's like if, you already know going in. There's a it's a joke. If anyone wants a good laugh, Andy, this could be for you later tonight when you're laying in bed. But anyone out there wants a good laugh, you go onto Twitter and you type in Helen Keller tweets, <laughs> and there's someone has made a Helen Keller Twitter, oh, and those are some of the best tweets I've ever seen. <laughs> they're they're pretty good. Yeah, I think yeah. I can uh, imagine some of that <laughs> stuff. Um. Uh, we also had the uh, the loser bowl where the Dolphins won the loser bowl by losing. Yeah, they uh, continue to be winless while the Washington Redskins now have a game lead. So that means the Dolphins have a game lead in the race for the number one pick. So, although I feel like the Dolphins are looking for a quarterback and the Redskins aren't because they just drafted a guy, but yeah, I don't know. But still, there's still stuff to be had at the number yeah. two pick, even if it's not a quarterback. I think the Niners did all right with a top pick this year with Bosa. Yeah, no, you want to have, if you already have a guy and you have a top pick, that's a nice spot to be and that, in. See, that's why I say with the Niners, was the thing about last year is there's a difference, and I've always said this, teams that are bad teams and then have a bad year and teams that are good teams and have a bad year. The Niners last year were a good team that had a bad season. Their quarterback got hurt early. Things went to shambles. So then it's like, oh, we have a And they top- actually weren't <clears throat> as bad as their record. They were actually yeah. pretty competitive a lot of the time. And they end up getting a top draft pick because of it. So they go get the best linebacker in the country and Nick and uh Nick Bosa, part of that great family of linebackers. They're basically like a younger version of the Watts, or actually not even yeah, a little bit younger, I guess, but they're yeah. pretty much right there. And um then their quarterback comes back and it's like, oh shit, this is a pretty good team. And they're five and zero, respectively to so far to start this season. And they look good. I've even heard some things that have said that a certain ratings actually have them better than the Patriots. And I imagine that has to go with strength of schedule and how certain little numbers match up analytical stuff. But yeah, I mean, their defense yeah. can speaks for itself, but they actually have a very efficient offense. That, I mean, well, yeah, they're number one in the run game, Yeah, that they, they can run the ball on you and, uh, let's let's congratulate Kirk Cousins. Uh, I think uh, it's very well known that he struggles against the good teams. Like his record, they said it was five and twenty-seven or something heading in, into uh, this week's matchup against the Eagles against winning teams. And uh, he had one of his best games ever. He had three touchdowns in the first half. Um, so that's. And did you uh, hear about what happened to the linebacker on the Eagles? Yeah. So one of the linebackers on the Eagles, for people out there that don't know, about a couple, two or three days before the game came out saying how Kirk Cousins is the weakest part of their the Vikings offense. He isn't good, blah, blah, blah. And then, like we just said, Kirk Cousins came out and threw for about like 350 yards and four touchdowns. And today, the day after the game, the Eagles released that linebacker. So 
Yeah. You know, you got to talk. I, and we actually talked about that last Bolton week. board material. About, you know, why do these teams do that? And yeah, or players, I should say. It's not just, you can't just say a whole team. It's just one idiot. But you got to realize that fires people up. You know, people on the other side, they're sitting there and they hear that stuff. When people watch new stuff, whether it be ESPN or Fox Sports or, you know, whatever it may be, news sources, podcasts, you know, people hear that stuff and they listen to it and they want to prove you wrong. So good for Kirk Cousins, I guess, actually finally having a good game against a good team. Because he has had that whole thing of he struggles against top teams, so good for him. Yeah, nice little win. Uh, now some uh, some negative news. We'll say uh, the Atlanta Falcons are really. I think they've hit rock bottom. Oh, it's yeah. been a slow decline since the Super Bowl, and you know they lost to the Cardinals. Um, they ended up missing an extra point to tie the game. There's a lot of. There's a lot of negativity, a lot of bad stuff going on with that team. And uh, I think it's time to, to reset. I mean, I, I don't know what happened with Julio Jones wanting a new contract, but if they could if they could trade him, look to the future, I don't know, get rid of the coaching staff. It's I think a loss like that, I think I think it just it broke them that they were oh, – yeah. I think they thought there was enough hope, like we're good, we can just run this So back. what are they now, one and five? They're one and five. So. It's, uh, it is crazy to think that ever since that Super Bowl – how just the wheels that's the definition of the wheels came undone it was almost like that entire team well it was like one wheel a, started leaking air and then yeah, another one and, and it just feels like one gone. it seems like the whole team took that hit like they were sitting there up 28 to 3 in the third quarter thinking like oh my gosh like already like thinking about their ring size and stuff and all this stuff and like we've we've won the super bowl and you mentally check out almost Patriots didn't Patriots came back and won, and then it goes back into the next season. Then you think about, Oh my God, that long season to get back there again, where we just were. And it's become a mental thing that the whole team took. So I agree. It's going to have to get to the point where you almost have to clean house, get new people in there that really weren't on that team and obviously keep some, but yeah, I mean, Matt Ryan, he throws yards, but he throws interceptions too. Matt Ryan, it might be, I don't know. Could be time soon for him to, move on yeah i know last year i think he finished with he was the second best quarterback yeah, he's rating. always up there in like, pass yards what? And really? stuff. No one, second best fantasy guy and it was like what's going on like but they're not they're not good and it does seem like every game they're down like 32 to 10 and then it ends up being like 32 to 28 so it's like i don't know it's it's a it's blake bortles do you remember blake bortles of like three years ago where he threw for like 40 touchdowns oh yeah and, and it was, was like, all yes, garbage time. Fucking destroyed every game, and then <laughs> yeah, and then people started. Like, the, it's so funny the overreactions people will give to one little thing. Like it just immediately, like oh shit, this guy's doing pretty good. But it's like that's why you have to crunch those numbers and realize, okay, yeah, he's doing good, but it was against this game was against the Redskins. This was against. That's why it's so funny. Like all these people so stoked about the Patriots defense, and yeah, sure, it's a good defense. But wait till they play a couple real teams here soon, and then when wait that till they defense play a coach knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> once that defense gives up twenty some points, the people are gonna be like, "What? What happened? That defense was so good." And then it's like it's gonna end that. That defense will end up ending the season ranked out of the top five. I bet that might be a little bold, but I'm gonna stick with it now that I've said. I it. think if you say the, over the rest of the season, you could say they're not a top five defense. But I think what's happened already so far. Yeah, you're right. They've, what lead. they've done so far is molded yeah. it, and they still get to play the Jets again, the Dolphins again. Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, and the Bills again. The Bills are are a pretty pathetic. Yeah, offense. I mean that game will be in 
New England this time also, so it, it won't be as close as it was this past time. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Well, then I think the last uh, team to talk about, a team I'm not as negative about, is the Cowboys. I think that's it, definitely a rough stretch. Um, I'm still confident they're going to get it back. I think they're yeah. going to figure things out with with Elliott and Dak and all this stuff. And the defense has more talent. Than, it's just kind of a fluke game against the Jets. I said it was it was the like they had all these stats about how they're the only team to do all this stuff right and still lose a game. And it was like I think the game I lost at the end of the first half. They gave up like a ninety-two yard yeah. touchdown. It was like yeah, they. Uh, I still believe in them. But also, it's what they also did on that drive, which the next play was a ninety-two yard touchdown. Was they went for it on fourth and goal at the two or three, and they've said this about Romo before. And obviously, Romo played for Dallas, but Romo called the play like he always does, and he said, "Oh, this is one of those situations where they'll run Dak out and try to get him in." And sure enough, they did. He hiked the ball. Dak ran out to the left side, and the Jets were waiting, and they got him. And the very next play was the 92-yard touchdown pass. So it's like, you know, you look back, they put up those three points. You know, that 92-yard touchdown pass obviously never happens. Not Who's to say it wouldn't have been a 75-yard pass, yeah. but I doubt it because I think it would have been just different coverage in general. And that whole game could have been really different, especially since Dallas only did lose by two. So... I know Jason Garrett's been the one guy that for years now, it feels like every season at one point, why aren't they firing him? Why aren't they firing him? And I don't, I bet he's not going to get fired still, but I don't know. Dallas has to figure some out here soon. But thankfully for them, that division, Philly hasn't met their expectations. And then it's got the Giants in Washington who have met their expectations. Yeah. It looks like with uh, the Cowboys, they just need to take care of business against the Eagles because... The other team teams are bad, and and the Eagles aren't uh, as good as people thought they were going to be. Um, all right, that was a lot of football. Yeah, you know, it's not even it's not even playoffs. We have a uh, playoffs going on in uh, one of the other big sports. Well, really quickly too, we didn't want we don't want to call cover college that like we're not going to cover college that much until it gets more exciting. But we did finally have our first big upset. Yeah, yeah, that's worth talking about. The number three at the time, I believe, right? The number three ranked Georgia Bulldogs lost. At home to South Carolina. And ironically, even though he got hurt in the game, the quarterback for that game that started is a kid that's at the high school that's literally half a mile away or less from where we're recording right now. And one of our buddies was actually his quarterback coach a year ago today. You know, it was their last season. So, uh, and he actually got to visit South Carolina the week prior. So, uh, pretty cool that, uh, at least the kid he coached, even though he did get hurt at one point in that game, still he started the game and he still helped. Yeah. He's like the winning pitcher. He, yeah. he opened the game and they won. So, so. Uh, yeah, good for them. I'm happy Georgia lost because we talked about it after that Georgia-Notre Dame game that they just don't belong in that top four. So I'm happy they were knocked out and now they're sitting at 10 and will never find their way back into the four. Yeah, because, I, mean, I guess uh, the, the nightmare scenario is if they win, if they win the uh, SEC title yeah, against yeah. Bama. And, yeah, we've seen LS, it happen before. I mean, would they play LSU? Um, I always forget. Alabama and LSU do play each other, though. I'm pretty sure, right? I always forget who's in which. Division. I think Alabama yeah. plays LSU at home, but that'll be an interesting game because honestly, I think LSU compete with anybody. Well, they just lost too. LSU? They just lost to Florida this week. They killed Florida. They beat Florida by 14. Okay, I'm. I'm <laughs> who did Florida beat? <laughs> Florida lost to LSU. Florida won, I don't know, like the week, a week before ago. they had a big game that they beat. Somebody. Oh, Auburn, Auburn. Okay, that's why I'm <laughs> it's fucking college. It's 
Goddamn. Yeah, well. <laughs> that's the SEC. It's got a lot of good teams. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, Ella, but we watched. But Florida did keep strong with LSU. They don't. They didn't get bumped down too far. I want to say they only went to like eight or nine. Yeah. From seven. It, seem, it seems like okay, we're getting a clearer picture, even though it's not even halfway through the season. But yeah, we'll do a better job recapping when we when we uh, get past some of this, uh, you know, baseball playoffs, which is what we're here to talk about. So when we last left you, uh, we we're heading into Game Five for the Dodgers Nationals. Yep. Um, it seems like ancient history at this point, but I think we do need to talk about it. I need to talk about it. Yeah, I was I gonna say to- like we all. Everybody listening right now knows where the series are at currently, how it's, you know, Nationals, Cardinals, Nationals up 2-0, Yankees and Astros. Astros just tied it up last night with a walk-off home run by Correa. And, uh, but yeah, so the Dodgers pretty much, I mean, you're the big Dodger guy. So I was going to say, like, I was curious as because I watched the game. I know you obviously watched the game, and it was 3-1. It was 3-0 Dodgers early, then they were up 3-1 and going into the seventh inning, and then... Right, was it the seventh inning or when they hit the home to make or the leadoff double and that stuff to was make it three two? Oh, no, because they made it three two before. No. no, you're right, three one. So they it was three zero until like the sixth or seventh. Then yeah. they made it three one, and then uh, I'll let you take it from there, Andy, with what your thoughts are of what happened. So I th- I think the the main problem was Dave Roberts didn't trust his bullpen pitchers for whatever reason, even though they had a good bullpen. I think the bullpen problems this year were more on Kenley Jansen who didn't have a good year when you you want that top end of the you know the closer yeah. to be really good he didn't have that good of a year but they were still like hey, he's trustworthy enough he didn't he didn't suck he just wasn't dominant he wasn't it wasn't like Kimbrel this year with the Cubs where it was a disaster um but still they weren't I don't know why he wasn't confident they had a, a ton of different guys with different skill sets um I think he left Bueller out there too long. He ended up giving up a run in the sixth. Came back again for the seventh, which is a surprise, but it was the bottom of the order. He uh, almost killed Kelsey Fullerton legend Kurt Suzuki. <laughs> um, that was that was scary. But then when we saw the replay, that it hit off his wrist first. Uh, I yeah. think that was good. Um, and I thought at that point, okay, now he's done. But he stayed in there and um, you know he put some guys on. And Roberts made this decision to go to Kershaw. To try to get an out in like a super stressful situation, and I think you just knew this is nothing gets to Kershaw that he's been through. He's seen every situation before. He's a veteran pitcher that put him on with two guys, two guys on. He doesn't, he doesn't care, and I think it's actually kind of his problem right now. But uh, he ended up getting the guy, struck him out, um, and it looked like, wow, that's a that's a nice moment. Okay, let's be done with it because when it was three nothing, I was just dreading it. I'm like. I'd rather them lose this game with Kershaw never coming in than have them put in Kershaw and like something bad happen because I just can't take it as a fan. I think all the Dodgers <laughs> fans know how important he is, know how they, they they love him and hate him at the same time, but they truly love him. It's like it's just such a hard like relationship to describe. That like nobody wants to see him fail and you get angry that he fails, but at the end it's like you know how good he is because you've seen him so often just yeah. dominate. Um, but Roberts never should have put him in that position to fail like he did, uh, coming out to face their best hitter and one of the best hitters in in the sport, Rendon, who ended up hitting not the easiest pitch, hit it out of the park, and you're like, okay, it's a fluke. That guy's a great hitter and hit a pitch that most people wouldn't be able to, to hit. And, you know, good thing they have a two-run lead. 
And then it's like, okay, well, Soto's left-handed. We'll we'll keep him in there. When it's like, if you've watched Kershaw, he's not he's not the same guy anymore. Not even close. But he doesn't have that advantage, that lefty on lefty advantage, as much anymore. Um, while they did have guys in the bullpen who could, they did have lefties still in there. And um, I think this is where I said I said Kershaw doesn't get. I don't think he gets nervous. I think he gets too confident. Mm-hmm. And I think he loses he loses sight. His problem in the playoffs isn't that he's like throwing pitches to the backstop and walking guys. It's he's giving up home runs, which means he's throwing throwing balls that can be hit hard because he thinks. I can get it past him or something, and it's just that yeah. pitch was just something. He's throwing an eighty-nine mile an hour fastball now, and he—he, he, I think he thought, "I who cares? I'm a lefty. I'll just throw a fastball, and this guy won't be able to hit it." And he was able to hit it, and and there it was the <laughs> worst thing you could think of. If I was trying to write, what what's the worst thing that could happen? Like there was a debate going on. What was worse? Because that same day, the Cardinals scored ten runs in the first inning, ended the game in yeah, five, cut their throat immediately. Um, and I even said to well, like one of my roommates, like, "Oh, well, hope the game doesn't go like the Cardinals game." And I was like, "I'd actually prefer that than to like blow it late." And I, that's like I jinxed myself. Um, but there's that that like dread that like it'll happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. It's gonna fall apart again. Yeah. And I just had to live with that for a good four innings. I mean, I was excited when Kike hit the home run. I'm like, "Well, oh, that's, that's the moment." Kike has had a lot of good playoff moments, and I'm like that's that's it. That's the sign. It's all going to go well. And then they just gave up. I don't know what it was. They got like, well, that's all we need. They didn't have a good good at-bats against Strasburg. Let them stay in through six innings. Didn't let them get to that, you know, bad bullpen. And it's just like, I'm just like, okay, they're not going to hold on. They're not going to hold on. It's all going to go wrong. It's all going to go wrong. And, of course, it went wrong. And just like, <laughs> It's hard living like that. That they're, they're the, of the all the teams I like. They're the ones that are like the good team. <laughs> for them <laughs> oh, to be not, like not anymore, Andy. Yeah, I think I think the Clippers will uh, take me home. I don't think I don't think Kawhi. Have you ever, you've never seen one of your favorite teams win a championship, huh? Oh, the Clippers oh. will take you home, Andy. Country road. Yeah, I feel like where I said Clayton Kershaw's not nervous. I think he's overconfident. It's I don't bummer. think Kawhi could be either of those. It's things. a bummer you're not a big hockey fan because you probably would have been like a Kings fan. Oh yeah, you, my sister was. You could have seen two was, kings. Yeah, she was happy about finals. that. And was like, why do you like hockey? <laughs> I mean, either teams in Southern California. Yeah, they they've, both won in the last twelve years. Yeah, I was gonna say like you could just make it fifteen years or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and the Angels did, of course. Yeah, but I didn't hate the Lakers when they I was won. Gonna say and the Lakers have won. When a few Brian Shaw beat the Portland Trail Blazers, I was excited. And then I was like, wait, I actually hate this team now. Like. I don't like Kobe at all. Yeah, no. uh, but that first year it was kind of that was exciting for me. Um, yeah, even though well, I still like the Clippers more. But um, is that a your rant for the Dodgers until next season? Well, you can't let Joe Kelly off the hook. Oh God, yeah. Okay, really quick too. The day before, what did you and I both say? What two pitchers should not have seen? Uh, I said Joe Kelly and Pedro Baez yes. can't, can't pitch. And in the end, <laughs> I would have rather have seen Pedro Baez <laughs> yeah, in like oh, yeah. five moments. It's like, okay. So Joe Kelly came in in the ninth, and he did pretty good, right? He yeah. didn't allow a run. What were your thoughts when he came back for the 10th then after that? Like your true thoughts. Was, like, was it like, okay, he looked good, let's get him out there, or was it like, oh, shit? Let's see if he can do it. Joe Kelly used to be a starting pitcher, so there's yeah, no like, yeah. oh, can, has he ever done this before? He's like, yeah. He was a starting pitcher who broke Handler Ramirez's ribs in the NLCS. So, so he can go fuck himself for that. He can ooh. go fuck himself for last year, and he can go fuck himself for this year. <laughs> so... 
here's my thing. I forget completely how that inning started. I want to say it started with like a. Oh, it was like a four pitch walk, and it was like immediately. So that's what I was gonna. Here. That's what I was just gonna say. Why was he given such a short hook? And then I think the next batter was a uh, was Rendon, right? Who doubled again or something? Or yeah, it was a because then Soto was that, walked, and then that's it was what a led ground to Kendrick. Double that like stuck into the scoreboard, and it was bullshit. They probably should have gave him the run, but they didn't. Um, and, and then they walked Soto, and, and like, then well, you, we'll just, we got the righty righty. But it's like, dude, the, it doesn't matter righty righty. This guy's confidence is nowhere. Also, I I know they were at the bottom. I want. Were they, I think they were at the bottom of the order, but. I mean, why not keep Maida in? Well, he got pulled for a pinch hitter. That's what I was going to say. I knew they were at the bottom of the order, and I guess it's like you're yeah. going for the win, but I guess it was just a wrong time in the lineup because I think if yeah, they, they were at the to top get- of the order, Maida comes back definitely for the ninth, and then who knows, maybe Kelly would have come in you know, and pitched the tenth the way he pitched the ninth because maybe his stuff was really working those first 20 pitches, but it's all nor here nor there now. And I mean, it's all yeah. the what-ifs, you know. doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. I mean, it was sad. They were That's getting- sports. They were good enough to win the World Series this year. They'll be good enough to win it next year. You just have to keep saying that. Uh, but I do have to say that uh, I think it was David Freeze who did pinch hit for me. Yeah. And he did uh, retire. He did retire. And I did enjoy he tweeted out that a Rangers fan sent him a $1 Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for leaving. It's a, He'll always be remembered. That's a guy yeah. who... And that's the cool thing with some of these players is... there, And it's in every sport. There's those guys that maybe their careers were whatever... But hey, they leave with a defining moment, and he came in with one of, and honestly, in my opinion, if not the most clutch moment in definitely modern baseball history. When I remember, it's one of those games where what's cool about a moment like that is you remember where you were, and it's like I remember being at my uh, buddy's, like when he lived actually on his own when he went to the local college at his frat place, and I remember we're watching, and it was that two out triple off the wall to drive into and tie it. And what people don't remember talk about often is the inning in between is like walk off home run. They were down again by a run or two. And I think it was Berkman or someone had a big hit to tie the game up again. And then it was when freeze came up an inning or two later is when he hit the walk off. So it was just like pretty good moment for him. He played for the angels a little bit. He played for the Dodgers a little bit. He did win a only one world series or did he get two? I think just one. Yeah. I wasn't sure if he was a very young lad on that first Cardinal one. 2006? I mean, possibly. I mean, yeah, it could have been. Yeah, the David Eckstein MVP year. Oh, my God. What a weird season. Justin yeah. Verlander was in the World Series. And that's what I like about baseball. And like, on, it goes with hockey also. Is It really is gets weird once the playoffs start. You know, basketball, the only thing that's weird is Steph Curry hitting 100 threes and LeBron being there. So it's Although this year looks like it's going to be shaped up to be a good one. And with that said, I think we're uh, – are you ready to get into those? More of those are basketball over-unders? Yeah. Oh, before, yeah. before you have the Nats finishing off the series. Oh, yeah. They're going to sweep them. They're going to sweep them. They were already up like 4-0 today. Their Cardinals are going to be down 3-0. Check, At yeah. that point, what motivation do you even have? Um, and then I think everyone's just dreading it, but the Yankees are up 1-1. Their lineup seems to be hitting. I mean, I mean, I know yesterday was they only scored two runs, but... How do you see that one shaking out? Still Astros. I think Astros will uh, steal one in you New York. They're they going to pitch four guys. Do you know? So who started game one? Was it Granky, right? Yeah. And then who was last game? Verlander or Cole? Granky, Cole. So they'll have Verlander or, start game three? No, it was Verlander. Okay. I'm, so they'll I'm have, lost, actually. No, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't think it was Cole. They all run together when... <clears throat> But Cole pitched game five, so he wouldn't have pitched. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah you're right. So it must have been Verlander. But uh, regardless of who it was, they're uh, going to definitely win at least one in New York, I think. And then they'll come back to Houston. They won't lose game five. And it, the, the series will end up going six or seven, I think. Like, it's definitely – I think it's primed to go seven. But only reason I say it could go six or seven is because if there is a game six in New York, it'll be one of those guys. And there's a you know good chance one of those three guys, whoever ends up pitching, gives a shit. It'll probably be Verlander or Cole because I imagine Granky will get thrown out there again for game four or five, depending on the situation. Like, if they're at home in the series is tied at two, maybe they'll go Granky. Or maybe they'll throw Granky game four on the road and kind of just get a start over with because of the way he's pitched. But he's still Zach Granky. I mean, he's at any moment he can throw one of those games where he has a no hitter through seven. So, but I think it's going to be Astros Nationals. And believe it or not, I actually think that'll be a pretty good matchup because of the pitching. I think, you know, you're going to get your Garrett Culver Scherzer matchup. And that might be, honestly, I mean, if that's a game seven type matchup, I mean, might be what everyone wants to see. You get like a Culver Scherzer and then maybe a Strasburg and. Grinky Corbin type thing coming out of the bullpen, Verlander. So Grinky I think versus Corbin. Yeah, that's great, uh, exactly. Diamondback so, on Diamondback. So I, I'm actually, I think that will be the World Series. And if it is, I think that's the best one. And if it's not, if it happens to be Nationals, Yankees, already writing out the Cardinals here, but if it happens to be Nationals, Yankees, then I think Nationals are going to win this thing because I just think their pitching would be too good for the Yankee hitting. But yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. But it's shaping up to me that I think it's going to be Nationals, Astros. All right. Well, we'll know uh, better next week. Yeah. Um, also, next week is something called the National Basketball Association is a it's starting its new season. Finally back. So yeah, you ready? You, you up, Sean? You're you're awake. My ears perked up on yeah, that one. He's, uh, he's ready to get back into this. So yeah, last week we did part one of our NBA preview. We're gonna give you part two, and uh, I said there'd be three parts. Uh, the timing looks like we're gonna have to do uh, the. The rest of the division's all in one night here. So, yeah, it doesn't look like we're going to... So uh, strap in, as yeah. the great Ralph Lawler would say, fasten your seatbelts. Yeah, so it, uh, if you are a basketball person, we're going to, you know, these overrunners. Plus, it's good to get them to you now, because if you're also a betting person, maybe I mean, go to your local website, or maybe you're going to Vegas sometime well, before yeah. Tuesday, and you want to uh, go in there and be like, you know what, those guys made a good point about this team. I will take over that or under that, so... We're here for you guys. All right. Uh, so, starting with the Central Division, the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, 60 and 22 last year. They uh, added Robin Lopez to Brooke Lopez. Saw them both at Disneyland. As we, uh, <laughs> they also uh, they added uh, Marquette, former Marquette player Wes Matthews, another hometown guy. That's nice. Uh, they did lose Malcolm Brogdon and Miritich. And their 2020 over under is set at 58. Ooh, I like over. I think they're going to be a better team this year. They have a little bit more under their belt. I think they're going to play a little bit better. I'll I'll say just slightly under. I feel like I could see them. I mean, they're good, but you're going against the Greek freak. Yeah, I mean, almost getting sixty wins is a lot. I think. I think they'll be more of like. I mean, and Vegas is always great at these lines, so I honestly think it, it'll be like literally between like 55 and 15 and 60, I'll say. Yeah, I have under as well, and I do think they're they're going to be great, but it's just another one of those things like, yeah, you, when you see under, over under that high, you kind of want to. Yeah, and the thing is too is it's like obviously they'll still be motivated. You know, they 
we're only a couple games away from going to the NBA Finals last year, but it's like the Greek freak got his MVP, so it's almost like, yeah, he'll have motivation again, but, I mean, how, how much? I mean, he got his MVP. How much great motivation will he have? And then it's like, I think teams, you know, were kind of surprised with how well the Bucks were going to play, like how they were going to be all those three-point shooting and stuff, and they lost a couple good three-point shooters. They lost Brogdon. They lost Miritich. So they'll still be able to shoot, but I think teams will kind of have a better idea of how to cover them and now, and you know, you find a way to stop the Greek freak. So we'll see. But I just think it'll be, if I had to say, just slightly under. All right, next team is the uh, the Pacers, 48-34 and 34 last year. They added, they got Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, they also added TJ Warren and Jeremy Lamb. But they did lose Boyan Bogdanovich, and Darren Collison uh, retired. So their over-under is set at 47.5. I mean, you can tell me to go first if you guys, you guys want. No, I um, I think they'll go under. I think they can be like a 45, 46 win team. And remember, no one knows when Old Depot's coming back. Yeah. And I'm and they sure were that's without him factored year. in that line, too. Yeah. So, and even if he does come back, it's been a lot of time off. It might take him a, a couple months or so to get back into rhythm. So I'll say slightly under. I'm going under as well. I don't know much about the Pacers, but that's enough. I, you know, as much as we uh, love Sabonis and the whole Sabonis <laughs> family, he's not going to like take another leap. I don't think he is what he is. Yeah. It's not like he's going to be a 22 and 12 guy next year or something. And more importantly, he just doesn't have the passing skills of Arvidas. So. Or the knees. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> I think that helped them. Yeah. Uh, next team up, the Detroit Pistons, 41 and 41 last year. Uh, they added Derrick Rose, and they had no significant losses. Mm. So their over-under is 38. Hmm. It's pretty interesting that they're actually it's lower, and they have didn't really lose anyone significant and added Rose. I just wonder if that's maybe because the East is getting bigger, better plus about with Rose, like if what you expect. But, you know, I'm going to still stay optimistic that Rose continues to – blossom and you got griffin drummond i'll say uh over but it'll be close i say they're like a about a 39 30 40 41 win team again maybe sneak an eight seed or so i'm going over and i'm gonna go 42 wins no all right well i'm going under i don't trust blake griffin (laughs) okay uh, remember so he like got he up. got hurt at the end of the year last year after they did make the playoffs and it's like man this guy is cursed. Um, I think maybe this is the year he's just like, you know what guys I'm doing full time comedy I don't know if I can yeah do this to myself anymore. I don't know I'd I'd love to see him play well, um, but he's not he's not the same he's not as fun anyways he's a different player than he was five years ago. But I think there's a huge risk of like Blake Griffin playing 46 games this season and. They don't have enough without him. Okay, next, next team, the Bulls, twenty-two and sixty last year, pretty pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did they drafted Kobe White out of North Carolina, and they also uh, they signed Thomas Sadoransky from the Wizards. Mm. So that's big, right? Uh, their over under is thirty-three and a half. Whoa! Uh, I'm going under. Bulls are cursed. Thirty-three and a half. Yeah, I'm going to go under also just because a little bit of me wanted to say over because I remember, I mean, I know they've gotten a little bit of better talent, but it's just so young. 
that I think they'll have one more season in the 20s and wins. And then I think next season you can start seeing them slowly start making a push and then maybe in like four or five years actually be a decent team. We got some disagreement going with uh, this night. Last week we didn't disagree much, but uh, I actually have over. Um, I do think Levine will have a big year. Because they have have enough stuff, different types of guys, uh, Markinen and Wendell Carter. And and I like Kobe White, although I don't think he's going to play much. Um, But just that it's not that hard to win 33 games or 34 games. Um, So next up we got the Cavs. Last year, 19 and 63, they drafted Darius Garland. And again, no uh, significant losses. Their over under is 24 and a half. They went and needed to draft Darius Miles for me to go over. I'm going under at 23. Yeah, I'm going under also. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't win 20. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Another disagreement. <laughs> I believe I in it. Kevin Love. <laughs> nah, I don't. Uh, I hope to see Kevin Love fully healthy, but I do like Darius Garland uh, to be okay right away. And they Judy have, Garland's uh, son. They have oh. Sexton, who was what they have what Andy <laughs> Colin Sexton, who Family was uh, like put up numbers <clears throat> but like bad efficiency, and I think uh, I think I might help that like he kind of knows he, he had a lot of responsibilities as a rookie, and twenty five games is just not a lot. It's not a high number to jump up to uh so yeah that's my pick uh now we're moving into the western conference the northwest division denver nuggets 54 and 28 they uh added jeremy grant from oklahoma city they also have michael Porter jr who maybe will play who knows he's uh so the other night actually i was at our local bar and uh i was there with goose we were actually watching some uh nhl uh, stuff because as people know that listen he is our NHL guy and um, he was getting ready to leave and I was still finishing my drink and I am now walking distance from that bar so I was like you know what I'll just walk home like I don't care it was like a, a walk sounded good especially when yeah. you've had like four Jack and Cokes I like walking you're like, it's a little <laughs> cooler now I'm, yeah, yeah the walk uh, walks nice when you have four after four Jack and Cokes anything's possible I could have <laughs> you know ran cartwheels home but so I go and I go sit at the bar top and what was about to start was Clippers Nuggets, oh, yeah. and I'm sitting there like, I'll watch this for a little bit. Some hot Plumley action. A little bit led to the whole fucking game. All right. <laughs> so I ended up watching the entire thing, and Michael Porter came in like sometime in the second half, like when he really played. He looked good. Yeah, I want to say he had like 12 or 14 points and like six of eight shooting or six of seven, and he uh, he looked good. And um the Clippers also looked good in the first half. Obviously, they didn't really play much in the second half. Kawhi Leonard, I think, played like 11 minutes, but and Paul George didn't play at all, but they did look good. Harrell looks like he's going to have a – I'm telling you, that guy is underrated. He is going to have – people are going to know him at the end of this year. I love that guy. He's going to have a big year, I think. And, uh, yeah, I think uh, – I, I don't even know what I was getting at anymore. Harrell is a better uh, – <laughs> We are talking about the Nuggets. R- Rony Turioff. Yeah, I was. I watched that game, and it was it was fun to watch. It was good to have basketball yeah. back. I just the point saw, is Michael Porter Jr. did play, and he's – Yes, I'm saying I he's think, healthy for now, which is a and great, if he becomes what they all thought was going to be the number one pick when he was I mean, going if, into college, if he's that good, they're going to win the title. Cause, yeah, because they have too much talent around there. Yeah, um, I like I like Jeremy Grant. Uh, the over under is fifty three. I'll say over because I think so. he 
Michael Porter will help. I think they have depth. They have guys you've never heard of like Tory Craig and Beasley that come in and end up having good games, and that helps with Gary Harris, Jamal Murray, Paul Millsap. If he can continue to be good, you have Jokic. So I just think that team has good depth. They can score, and they were actually been decently known for their defense also. So I think they're going to be like a 55-56 win team. I think they're that one team in the West that no one's really – talking about too much anymore everyone's talking about the rockets the lakers the clippers still the warriors utah portland maybe even but the nuggets are still right there i mean they were the number one seed for a long time in the west last season so nuggets aren't going anywhere yeah i think they're gonna have a good uh season i'm going over as well um i think Jokic is just a big baby among little babies out there uh, just it's like no definition to his body. He's just like a person who's just giant out there. Doesn't need it. Yeah, I just saw him try to do a windmill dunk and fail, and uh, warm ups over there on the Instagram. That was pretty funny. But yeah, I'm going over. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're gonna get the number one seed in the West. I think they're built. They're the best regular season team in the West. Um, we'll see come playoff time though. The Blazers next team, fifty three and twenty nine. They had a a, a shakeup. They added Hassan Whiteside and Kent Bazemore, but they did lose Enos Cantor, Mo Harkless, and Al Farouk Aminu. When does the who's the center that his leg snapped in half? I don't think he's due back at all this year. Okay, I was one. I'm not sure. Know, oh, uh, Nurkic. So I remember watching that game. That was so. Forty six and a half. Yeah. I'm gonna say over. I still. I think they added some good depth to their team with Bazemore and. Uh, who else do you say they added? I was they have Whiteside, who's Whiteside with C, but I. And then the big thing is the young guys. Uh, they got Anthony that, Simon, yeah, Anthony Simon the, that you uh, like, and then Nasir Little. Yeah. So uh, and then they have those random good white guys that like Connaughton would come in and. Well, he's not on the team. Well, you know they when they did have him. Okay, Jake Layman's not on the team either. Wow. So what about the big? What do I know kid? then? They're the powerful. I liked those kids. white they have, guys. Uh, Zach Collins, the guy. There you go. Yeah, the little Mormon that's, kid. That's what you're thinking of. Yeah, the from Gonzaga. He's. He's a hustler, man. I that guy will play with like a team. broken face. But uh, I mean, I just you know I always believe in the lizard lizard, so I'm gonna say over. Especially if it's only forty six and a half, they could be like a, easily a forty eight win team. Because if forty six and a half, you're telling me that means they have to lose almost forty games. They're not losing that many games, I don't think. I mean, that team always goes like thirty eight and three at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm going <laughs> over as well. Um, I think they're gonna be good. That that kid. Was really good last year, and he was. Also, they just got some experience. They were, they get swept by the Warriors. Do they even get to the Warriors? They got swept, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, my point is, though, they got to the Western Finals. They got a taste of what it's like. Now they they got a taste. Now they want the whole thing. Yeah, Yeah, I'm going under, but I'm 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 a Lillard hater. Oh, it's well known, or it is now at least. (laughs) Come at me, Oakland sucks. Um. Yeah. All right. That's fair. Next up, the Utah Jazz, who added Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich. But they did lose uh, Ricky Rubio, Derek Favors, and Jay Crowder. So that's three contributors right there. Um, so I'll just take it. I'm going under. I think this team is set up to fail. Did what? I say the number 54 and a half? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, well, wow. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to ask, thinking like, shit, dude, am I really not paying that much attention? Uh, that was me. I was getting uh, overhyped uh, to talk about how you I... You said under? I say under. I think I think they're set up to fail. I think they're really overhyped. Mike Conley's thirty-two or something. I think people are expecting too much. Yeah, Mike he's, Conley also never performed after he got that massive yeah, well, deal. He's in the uh, Kyle Lowry stage of his career, so maybe we'll start putting on some pounds. Um, well, 
I say under two. I take this back to the Greg Ostertag days. I didn't like that team. I hated when the mailman was on that team. Also, they did lose Grayson Allen, too. That's huge. So what'd you say it was? 54 and a half? 54 and a half. I'll go under also because I could see them being like a 51, 52. But my only, my biggest reason I'm going under because I do like that team is because of how strong the West is. So I think it's almost getting overhyped telling me that you think this team's going to be a few wins away from 60. That just seems too much for me. All right, moving on to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm going to start with what they lost. They lost Russell Westbrook, who's former MVP. Lost Paul George, who uh, is a pretty good player. They also lost Jeremy Grant. But what they added, and this is this is exciting, you got Chris Paul, you got Shea Gilgis Alexander. Your, your sweet Canadian boy. And my sweet Italian man, Danilo oh. Calinari. Uh, it's a lot of Clippers here. And so. he has the hots for foreign men. So I have to say over 31 and a half. Because it's just too much Clipper for me to turn down. Yeah. <laughs> what was the... Uh, 31 and a half. I'm going over to... I just saw uh, Steven Adams dribble full court. <laughs> and I think he had like a cool like underhand layup. I like them uh, to not do great, but do better than that. I'm, uh, I'll am be the opposite here. I'm going to go under. I just think... My thing that concerns me more is just the depth. And then it gets to a point where how much is Chris Paul, like how much of that team can he take? Also, will Chris Paul even be there by the end of the trade deadline? I mean, There's is a lot that, of that. Danilo most likely. Will yeah, be Gallinari also. So, I mean, it could be more of a second half swing. Also, Steven Adams has to be a candidate on his way out because it's clear they want to rebuild there. They have like 13 first-round picks or something the next few years or whatever. So, they're I'm obviously exaggerating a little bit, but they do have a lot of first-round picks over the next couple of years. So they're obviously in rebuild mode. They're going to have no problem maybe at the deadline trading away. Even like I think their biggest asset would be like Steven Adams trade away somewhere to uh, a team that's you know needs a big man that's fighting for the playoffs or in the playoff run, and they can get more picks for it maybe or a young guy or whatever. And, yeah, I think they'll go under. I think uh, also the depth and then just with, again, how strong the West is. So I think they're going to be like a 28 or so win team. Yeah, I could definitely see it. Uh, next up, we got Timberwolves. They added Jarrett Culver to a 36-46 and 46 team. They did lose Derrick Rose and Dario Saric. Their over-under is set at 35.5. And, and I am saying over because I think now it's all over. All the kind of – they they're they're reset you know it's it's Towns' team yeah uh, I think no one expects anything from Wiggins anymore <laughs> um just I think he's good enough to carry that team to 39 wins uh, uh, I think I think they're they still need to figure out what they're building around him yeah but yeah. I I agree with that actually I'll I'll say because you said what 35 and a half yeah uh, yeah because I think they could easily be a 36 37 win team because they there is still talent there Teague's not bad you have Towns you have I mean, you hope Wiggins can do something. Jarrett Culver was a, you know, top prospect. So and older, so he should contribute. Yeah, sooner. Yeah, so I think they'll. Uh, and I feel like they got a couple other. Oh, they had Covington, Sarich, like you said. You know, Sarich is. They traded Sarich to get Culver. Like, Where Sarich go? Phoenix. <laughs> they have Covington, right? Yeah, they still have Covington. Yeah. And uh, Petrovic still there. Um. <laughs> uh, that Al Jefferson, uh, oh, the president. Well, Trenton Hassel. Uh, okay, <laughs> now I see what you're doing. 
Now I'll say over. I just think I mean if they were they should be good enough to win over thirty five games, like thirty, like I said, like a thirty six, thirty seven. This shouldn't be a sub thirty win team. Yeah, I'm going over as well. Set shot can shoot. All right, next team up, the Houston Rockets, Sean's favorite team, China's favorite team. Damn it. Uh, they were fifty three and twenty nine last year, and uh, basically the big the big change for them swap Westbrook for CP three or the opposite. They swapped CP three for Westbrook. Uh, Their over under is set at fifty four and a half. Oof. I'm gonna go over as much as I hate to say it. I'm going over fifty three and a half. You said fifty four and a half. Ugh. You just mm. yeah y- yeah. I'll say over also. I think they'll be like right at like it's 50, not a yes or no question. Fifty five. Yeah, it's just so crazy to me because then when I, I vision, I mean, I know it's not that close to. I mean, it's close to sixty, but not really close. It's just like when I vision a team getting sixty wins, it means they're only going to have like what twenty two losses. Yeah. So it's like you look at it like that. Like, I mean, is Houston going to lose twenty two times? I mean, they should. Although well, they have to only lose twenty seven times. They exactly. So that's why I think it'll be slightly over. Harden could be due for an injury. This I don't want to sound like ominous, Andy. It's certainly possible. I think it's more likely that would be like Westbrook. I mean, we could say we could say that, but then it's like I feel like with this year though, it's gonna he's gonna have the workload taken from him a little bit because we if anybody has ever watched an Oklahoma City game in the last three yeah. years, Russell Westbrook doesn't see a shot he doesn't like yeah. with eight minutes left in the game. So that'll be interesting how they coexist i mean and they but the only thing that i will say will help them is they've been teammates before so they do know each other they've played with each other played against each other pac 12 yeah so if this was they've known each other a long time they've been teammates and if this was like their first time being teammates i'd be like oh this is going to be an ugly relationship but the fact that they have been before i actually think they will feed off one another and as long as they get those other guys involved i mean they they're gonna have a great year as well uh, I think the China shit is going to be a distraction for them all year. Oh, really? I think uh, it's going to be an under. I think uh, there's a lot of bad vibes going into this season with them. Um, and I, I'm, I don't like Westbrook. No, I mean, yeah. I didn't like seeing him last night behind Where'd home you see plate. Him? What Just game was that? Watching his phone, the Astros oh, game. Oh, makes sense. Or, yeah. yeah. It's like, what are you doing? You're not a true Houston guy. You, you are a sellout. He's a sellout. He's from LA. Calling him out on the pod. Well, hey, I predicted Antonio Brown's downfall when I said all that. So maybe Andy's predicting Westbrook's. Yeah. Well. Okay. All right. Spurs. Spurs. Forty-eight and thirty-four. Nothing happened. Oh, I thought it was at forty-eight. I was already going to say under. Uh, forty-seven and a half. Under that. I just don't. That team's just not as good anymore. They're not winning fifty games this year, or forty-eight or forty-nine. Yeah, I'm going under. I got under too. I mean, they're with well, their best players are like. I mean, I think Aldridge is now like 49. We just don't. Well, they have that. They're getting that point guard back, right? Didn't someone miss Dejante, all season? Yeah, that doesn't matter. That's, I mean, he's what, coming off an injury too. Like Popovich won't let them go under 500, but like, come on, they're not yeah. gonna win. They didn't. They didn't add anything. They just got older. Uh, next up, we got the Memphis Grizzlies, 33 and 49 last year. Under. They added. <laughs> I don't care if it's eight. <laughs> <laughs> they added John ja Morant. They did lose uh, Mike Conley, and they lost like a lot in the season. But uh, yeah, over under is twenty seven and a half. 
Yeah, I already know Tony's pick. under. I there's they're not ready yet. They that they could be fun in a few years, and I hope John Morant surprises me. And this is like a thirty-two win team, but I just don't think it will be. You hope that you place the bet, and they're only a thirty-two win team, right? Yeah, what? Yes. Uh, yeah. You don't they they should that. go back to Vancouver. They're going under. Um, we just talked about how rude that is is to tell teams that they're tell fans that their team should move. So the good people of Memphis don't deserve that. I mean, so mm. please apologize. Nope. Okay, I'm also saying under because they're bad and they don't want to be good. <laughs> but a Jaron Jackson, that'll be fun. And his father played. His name was also Jaron Jackson. That is fun. <laughs> fun. Next up, we got uh, a, a team that really means fun, and that is the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, yeah. Who were only 33-49 and 49 last year. But who the fuck cares? Because that's not the same team anymore. No, it's not. Who do they add? Zion Williamson. Boom. Lonzo Ball. J.J. Redick. Brandon Ingram. Josh Hart. Derek Favors. A kid from Texas. Um, <laughs> a kid from Virginia Tech. I forgot the rookies. Oh, the rookies. Uh, homeboy. Nick. Uh, oh, shit. Because I watched their games Nikhil, last year. Whatever. Something. Yeah. Alexander. Yeah. Um, Alexander. Two names. He did have two names. Um, but he could be good. Oh, no. He was good at Virginia Tech. Oh, Virginia Tech, man. There was this one game last year. I had a spread, and they were kicking the shit out of the team. And then it got scary. But he made a couple clutch free throws, I think, late. And I remember thinking to myself, like, especially college basketball, the people this year, because college basketball is also around the corner. You're going to want to bet on it. <sighs> Don't watch the games is all I'll say. If you have action on the games, it just takes years off your life. Just look later and just see if you won or lost. That's my college basketball betting advice. Well, we can't go without mentioning that they did lose. Um, they did lose one unibrow and one Julius Randall. Yeah, and uh, so their over under is set at thirty eight and a half. I want to go over. I mean, everyone expects Zion to explode. And uh, I think he's going to do pretty well. I don't think he's gonna. This isn't gonna be an amazing season for, him, but it's gonna be a good one. I'm going over. Also, I, I've been watching it in preseason. I've seen some clips, and I know it's only preseason, but a lot of preseason teams play their guys, and I, I believe in the Zion hype. I mean, LeBron was. Uh, he's been definitely the most hyped up athlete to come into the NBA since LeBron, and LeBron delivered. So I mean, Zion to me looks like he's going to is he's but he can he's been looks like it's been working on his shot his download game is gonna be good i actually kind of like this pelican team because what i'm gonna say is that those laker guys those young laker guys being laker fans around here like being able to watch the laker fan the lakers those guys kind of struggle on that team but it wasn't a good fit for them i think them going to a team that's very young and now it's like their third fourth year in the league and they're going to be playing with each other Again, still, so they already know each other. I think, honestly, I think Ingram's going to do significantly better. I think Lonzo will do better, and I think Hart will do better. And then you add the veteran of J.J. Redick, Drew Holiday, Favors, and then you add the Phenom in Zion. I actually, I think I'm going to not only say over, that they're making the playoffs this year. Is that a... As an eight seed, and then they're going to beat the Clippers in the first round. Whoa. And on J.J. Redick's going to come back to L.A., well, they're going to beat the Nuggets because that's who I said is going to get the number one seed. So. Well, that's Perfect. actually, I think they will uh, I the also Nuggets. have the over for them as well. I, uh, for who? For Lonzo Ball, personally. Oh, you have the over. Just, uh, I, I believe in Lonzo. Uh, the next team has someone I don't believe in. 
the Dallas Mavericks, who were 33 and 49 last year, uh, they did add Seth Curry as well as a healthy Kristaps Porzingis. So uh, their over under is set at 41 and a half. 41 and a half for Dallas? Under. I think they'll be like 41 and 41. <laughs> that hook is going to get them. They're going to get right under it because Porzingis, yeah, I'm sure he'll come out to good, Doncic, but again, the West is strong, and I don't think they have the depth beyond those two guys to have a above 500 season. Boban's hitting threes now. Okay. <laughs> Boban's just there for Porzingis to not feel like a freak. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of when Porzingis got in that fight in the offseason over, like, I don't even know, like, shortly after the offseason. Yeah, think. like Turkey or something. And someone was like, who punched him a giraffe? <laughs> like, who even got up there and fucking socked him? But, yeah, it's pretty Yeah, funny. I'm probably going under two. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't trust Porzingis. The last time he played an NBA game, it was a different sport. Like it was tennis, I think. Uh, no, I'm just saying it's a, it's a different game. That guy's not going to yeah. be able to to handle. You see, Boban plays like four minutes, and he's like needs to, you know, take far, five games off. He just yeah. he can't make it. Porzingis isn't that much smaller. Yeah, I think it's, it's going to be, be tough for him running up and down that court. I say, look, at, go play that uh, Pelicans team, and it's like, well, well wait till he plays. Play well, even the Kings, Kings might be like the fastest. Darren Fox loves yeah. jolting up and down the court. The Kings are not going to play like a center for him to guard. They're going to play Bagley at the five and just yeah. run all over him. Um, so that's my concern with that team. And uh, Mark Cuban, just uh, leave. We don't need to see you anymore. Wow. Just go away for a little while. Uh, okay, we're heading into the home stretch. Pacific it's the last division. division. We got the Warriors last year won it, 57-25. and 25. Um, They were a pretty good team last year. Almost won the title. And they did add D'Angelo Russell and Willie Cauley-Stein. So... What do you think? You think they still have a chance this year to um, win the championship? Yeah, so who do they lose though? Well, they always have a chance. Year. Let me see on this list. Uh, they lost uh, Kevin Durant, <laughs> um, Andre Iguodala, Demarcus Cousins, and Clay Thompson is out with injury. Okay, okay, that's different. You know, it's funny. Even if those people weren't traded, only one of them would be healthy to play right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were going to struggle compared to the last few years, regardless. But this is the team that because. They've gotten weaker is the reason why the NBA for the first time is wide open. Mm -hmm. And this would be one of those things where the Warriors somehow pulled this off this year. I would be like, that's insane because it would just be like, this is the finally the time that we're actually going to kind of see them as underdogs in a way. And they haven't been into that role. So it's going to be interesting because you're going to get guys, I think for sure, like Curry and Draymond who will be very vocal this year and Thompson about how they're underdogs. But I don't know. Then you've got like the president makes fun of Steve Kerr and stuff. I don't <laughs> Well, they're over under is 48 and a half. So wow. you see them. Wow. Where do you see them going there? I'll stay over just because I believe Steph Curry still will make things happen. Yeah, he's a ridiculous shooter. I'm going over. Well, wouldn't be right if I said over because it's the fucking Warriors. Uh, under. I think uh, Steph Curry's leg will fall off this year. You never know. Um, D'Angelo Russell, Russell will um, report everyone's infidelities to the internet. It's going to be great. Gonna be great. Uh, speaking of greatness, the Los Angeles Clippers, forty-eight and thirty-four last year. Uh, they added um, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Mo Harkless. Underrated, Mo Harkless. Can't forget that. Like everyone knows those first two, but 
Mo Harkless. Now, who do they lose? Uh, uh, the Canadian and the Italian. We already mentioned them. They're two sweet yeah. boys. <laughs> uh, so this year, their over-under is 54 and a half. Hmm. I'm Should gonna I recuse go, myself? I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over also. I think they they uh, they looked good the other night, and they're going to have a really good defense. They have scores. They can shoot. Andy? Um, <laughs> oh, man, they, they can't see your thumb yeah, up. <laughs> good good pod there, Andy. <laughs> he, he just gets just, too giddy when it comes yeah. down to the Clippers. He's already thinking about them. I had a guy out of my thoughts. Landry Shamet having a four-point play. Well, I'm, just, I have, I'm just thinking of, okay. How many points could Zubach score per game? Like 39? Can you get to 40? What are we thinking here? Fuck, go 45. Go 50. <laughs> Why stop? Zubach going to break the record this year. And the rim. <laughs> He's going to break a lot of hearts. We know that. Yours included. <laughs> and Tony's. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> <laughs> you messaged him, remember? Oh, yeah. I'm surprised you remember that. That wasn't me, but... Uh, of course, I remember it. it. Means a lot to me. That was that <laughs> was <good>. funny. <laughs> Actually, there and that, my buddy that did that. There's a lost podcast out there somewhere that he was on. That if we ever somehow were able to listen to, I would be very intrigued. <laughs> I mean, where I'll would he even be at this point? I don't know. It's lost in a computer somewhere. Uh, next up, we got the Sacramento Kings, thirty-nine and forty-three. They uh, added uh, UCLA legend Trevor Ariza. Uh, they did lose Willie Cauley-Stein. Their over-under is set at 38 and a half. That's the Kings? The Kings. Under. Sacramento. Just because the West is too strong. I mean, that's been my thing for a lot of these lower teams. They're good, but I don't see them being around 40 wins. I'll say they're about like 35, 36. And then I think in a year or two, they'll start being better because De'Aaron Fox, I think, will continue to improve and then Bagley, but they're not there yet. I agree. I got over on them. Uh, I think Vladi is going to suit up this year. It's going to be oh. important. Um, no, I, I I like the team. I like Buddy Heald. That's it. Uh, the Lakers last year were 37 and 45, just a trash organization. I can't even say words right now. Organization. Uh, the bus family is a joke. Jeez, uh, the Lakers should just fold. They should move. Move back to Minnesota. Oh, just geez. do it. Um, well, they added Anthony. I almost called him Antonio Davis. It's close. He's just about as good as Antonio Davis was. Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah. They added him. Also, Danny Green. And then a bunch of, like, trash. You know, Avery Bradley, that kind of stuff. Um, if you guys want to talk about that, if you, if you think I'm out of line here with what the other things they added, just tell me. Uh, they did lose <laughs> all the guys. That I don't even traded. know what you're saying. <laughs> it's like you're, it's like you're running into, like, an ex-girlfriend at the bar, and yeah. you're, like, trying to, like... I, I, I'm fine being here. I'm fine being. Here. I'm really okay being I'm here. They added, they added Danny Green and then a bunch of other. Oh yeah, so if you guys want nothing, to comment on it, no, you no, can. no, no. There was nothing other than I would even honestly say like Anthony Davis was really all. I mean, Danny Green, I guess you could say. I mean, we could say how Demarcus Cousins will be sitting there on the bench, but yeah, you know that would have been significant to say if he wasn't dead. But for those of you that don't know, he's not really dead. He's uh, just physically dead. Uh, what is it? What's the over-under? The over-under is 50. I'm going to say over. They're going to win 71. There <laughs> he is. the record. Bold. Bold. I, uh, I'm going over. Got to. Uh, where's my money on this? Because 
Uh, I'm I'm down on the Lakers like long term, but I think they'll win fifty. Yeah, fifty seems a little low. I mean, also I feel like what we're not mentioning is just the rise of what Alex Caruso is going to do this season. Yeah, that's really important. I think I think he needs to get all the hair out. <laughs> one of that's what's going to be. There's going to be one game in the middle of the season where he just comes out and it's going to be all shaved. The little like scrappy goatee hair he has will be gone, and he's going to end up dropping like a fifty point game. But I will say about Caruso. Me and a buddy of mine, this was his rookie year, like in the preseason. We were watching him, and he would hustle after everything, and we were both saying, like, dude, we like this guy. And now it's funny because he has become that little, like, weird fan favorite that they kind of all got to enjoy at the end of last season. And he's fun to watch, even though he's just – it's just good. I think he's fun to watch for more so, like, people like us because it makes us believe that, man, that could have been us. Just a scrappy, small, white guy. What I'd like to see is, like, a story that, like, that little Stockton kid – was like stabbed. Okay, are you talking about like a John Stockton kid or the city? The, the John Stockton son. He was stabbed. No, like, like that. Like he's stepping in on Caruso's territory. We're like, we don't know who did it, and then Caruso's there, like, yeah, we don't know. What are do you, you saying no, right no. now? <laughs> do you even know what you're saying? The Lakers signed that him, the Stockton kid. Yeah, when. Like two weeks ago or something. Are you kidding me? What's his name again? Uh, David Stockton. God, I remember watching that pussy at Gonzaga, man. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. I'd like that better, like, to show the killer instinct that, uh, I mean, when I say stabbed, like, not kill. Just like a. Oh, no. I mean, Paul Pierce was stabbed like 118 yeah. times at a bar fight years so ago. Just like sending a message, like. It wasn't 148 times, but well, he was stabbed like seven times, right? Or six times? I mean, that guy was in a wheelchair. Yeah. So. I don't know. I've heard enough knows. of that. But yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. I want to see that the attitude from Crusoe. Like you're not taking this from me. I already fill this role. Good. All right, so we're done except for one team. Can I guess? Yeah. Phoenix. Got it. Another <laughs> thumbs up. Uh, yeah, Phoenix Suns, the the worst team in the Western Conference Ooh. for like a decade now. I think um, they were 19 and 63 last year. Oh yeah. They did add Ricky Rubio, Dario Saric, and Aaron Baines to this team. They did uh, ship off TJ Warren, which was a questionable move, but uh, I, don't, I don't know what they're doing, but we'll see. They're over-under set to 29 and a half this year. Mm. What do you guys think? Uh, you know what? I, I, I'm at a loss for words with these ones, obviously, as you can tell, because... It's like running back and forth in my head like a ping pong game where it's like I want to say over because I believe Devin Booker is going to have another good year and I like I think DeAndre Ayton will get better and then I did like some of their little things that they've added but then a little bit of me wants to say the same thing I've said for all the other teams just the West is too strong and for the one thing about the Suns over the last couple of years and I don't think that'll change this year is they don't play defense so I'm going to say because of that, with how good the West is, that unfortunately I'm going to say under for them. I think it'll be around 26, 27, but I would also not be surprised if they do win like 34 games. But if I had to pick, I will say under. Going under as well. I just don't see it yet. Uh, I got over. I'm a uh, DeAndre Ayton fan. So let's see it happen. Yeah, you never know. So a lot of lot of disagreement. We're gonna have to really hash things out this NBA season. Can't wait. Yeah. 
uh, which starts so soon. Seven days, as the ring girl oh. said on the phone. Okay. <laughs> it's, I'm trying to keep eight it consistent. Days. Eight days. When they're listening, it'll be seven. Ooh. Seven That's true. Days. All righty. All right, also, well. Let's put this podcast on a VHS tape. What? You're still going with the ring. Like the movie. How many of those have you had, Andy? How Which many downtown one? browns have you had? All right. Any uh, final remarks before we uh, wrap this one up? Uh, no, I don't think so. I mean, we're excited. Basketball is one of our favorite sports. This oh, time, the yeah. next podcast we do, which I think we said would be, looks like it's going to be Wednesday. Like Wednesday, so you'd be hearing this on Thursday. Which is fine because uh, we will be able to talk about the first night matchups, which will be fun, actually. I think it'll be perfect because it'll be the shitty Raptors getting their rings, but we'll get to see Zion play his first career game so we can comment on that, and then we'll see the Laker-Clipper game, which we'll get to comment on, so... Those are two great games, perfect for us to chatter yeah. about. And, uh, and the way my, uh, be back. my teams have gone this year, if uh, the Clippers don't win, you might not even see me on Wednesday. <laughs> All right, well. You might be having to send your best wishes to the Ominous crew Andy. here at Tony State. Ominous Andy. All right, well, what a note to go out on right there. You've been listening to episode 139 of the Tony's Take podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Ominous Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Thank you. See you later.